Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that doesn't need to be taken over by a cyber planner to argue with itself. <laughs> it's the noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. After 107 episodes, I almost said that line with y'all for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept reading. So, first. welcome to episode 108, covering the series 7 episode number 12, Nightmare in Silver. This is the one where the Doctor and Clara take two innocent children to a creepy abandoned theme park so they can be taken over by Cybermen. <laughs> Remember that one? <laughs> I mean... Fun times. There were so many opportunities for them to not make terrible decisions. No. <laughs> And they decided to make terrible like, decisions instead. Kind of like left. I know when he's like, ah, not quite ready to leave. I'm like, no, 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 no. You take children. the children home. Yeah. Don't then go you come take back. a nap. We're gonna leave you here on your own. Yeah, he's like, don't wander off. I'm sure nothing will happen to you. Good night. <laughs> Typical doctor. Uh, so this was story number two thirty eight, originally airing May eleventh, twenty thirteen, to six point six four million viewers. Wow, that seems seems down a little bit. Very low. Was that it, Trip? Was it? You you pulled the numbers this week. Was it? It wasn't all like. No. Did it just give that one number? It didn't tell well, us like it, how many people watched it. Was it like overnight in was Australia like, on yeah. in March or whatever. It only does the um. In, the overnight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's different from from episode to episode. Like mm -hmm. it's totally inconsistent because the wiki is you know put together by uh, people that just you know are passionate about it. It's not like it's. Uh, somebody's job <laughs> i don't even know how they get those numbers I, that's, I, I i have no idea either i don't know where they're pulling that from but uh this one was written by neil gaiman now neil gaiman you'll remember uh was the guy that did the doctor's wife uh so he was the one that's like you know big big time sci-fi writer so this was like a huge get and he did this one um as well and it was directed by stephen wolfenden Wolfenden. Wolfenden. With two O's. I, yeah, Wolfenden. Uh, I, I did not, uh, I didn't do any digging on this guy. Did anybody look at, at this guy's stuff? Uh -uh. Okay, well, hopefully uh, hopefully he'll do some other episodes and we'll give him, uh, we won't give him short shrift the time we see him. So, under miscellaneous trivia, uh, speaking of Neil Gaiman, he confirmed later on, so it's, it's not said in the episode, right? This is one of those episodes where we land on a planet and it's, not now like it's definitely the future but it's nebulously the future <laughs> and actually for a long time we talked about uh for for like three quarters of the episode corbin thought we were on the moon <laughs> because they landed and they were on the moon ostensibly they yeah. didn't do a very good job of explaining yeah they really yeah they, what was it uh hedgewig's world or, or hedgewick's yeah or something like that i, I think they so, just built an amusement park on the moon Right, yeah. that's what it seemed like because the, the the place where they landed seemed to be on the moon, mm -hmm. except that they get out and they're breathing normal atmosphere. And at I first, thought that's just because they made an atmosphere. That's what, yeah, I thought it was the TARDIS doing its bubble thing. And I also thought, man, the uh, the set budget was really low this week mm -hmm. because that looked like a terrible moon <laughs> with a horrible matte painting of the Earth in the background. <laughs> and then I was like, oh right, no, wait a minute, that's they're that's not actually on the moon. And I said all of that internally. And didn't say that out loud to y'all. And so, like, three quarters of the way, Corman's like, but they're on the moon. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so they just blew up the moon? No, 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 no. Uh, so this was actually on another planet altogether that because of the cyber wars, the planet was mostly devastated. So Hedgewick, or whatever the guy's name was, bought the planet cheap. That was the line that they said. He got it cheap. It was mostly destroyed after the cyber wars. So all of that to say, Neil Gaiman 
uh, did confirm outside of this episode that it was intended to have been taking place a quarter million years in the future. So this would be like the year 252,000 uh, <laughs> AD or whatever. And you so, get to experience the moon as it is now for whatever reason. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, I, I do love stuff like that where uh-huh. it's a quarter million years in the future and on some random planet in an unknown part of whatever galaxy. Like, we don't even know what galaxy we're in. Yeah. Um, on, Maybe it's just on supposed Hedwig's, to be an asteroid. It's not even supposed to be. Well, no, they definitely said it was a planet. He, they called it Hedwig's planet and, and that he bought this planet for cheap. So a guy buys a planet, builds a theme park on it, decides to have one of the rides be the, what was it called? The spacey zoomers or something. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the place, the, the ride was called that they landed on that looked like the moon. Mm-hmm. So for some reason he decided to make a ride that would simulate walking on earth's moon, 250,000 years in the future. Does anybody even remember earth? Does anybody even talk about Earth? And secondly, it's not just the moon. It's like Corbin said. It's the moon now because it's got an American flag on it. Mm-hmm. A current American a, yes, flag. Yes, a 50-star American flag. Yes. <laughs> well, where did you get that? Right. If, if you haven't forgotten Earth, seeing as you're a quarter million years in the future right. in a different galaxy. Yeah. He well, maybe. Again, we don't even know. a tape. <laughs> it showed the moon landing. I mean, they definitely blew up a galaxy. So I mean, it would kind of go anywhere they want. It seems it would it would be like it would be like today having a theme park and deciding you're going to have a place in the theme park that uh, is an ancient Egypt theme, and so you're going to have the pyramids and mummies, and then you're going to have. The, f- the battle flag of Alexander yeah. the Great, because at one time he occupied Cairo. And it's historically and accurate. You, right. <laughs> like, right. And, and like, wh- why? If you're thinking pyramids and mummies, why would you also think Alexander the Great? You know, like, yeah. yes, those two things existed in that city at the same, at, at, at various times, but they're, they're not necessarily, anyways. So, uh, we're, we're, we're rambling a little bit. I think, I'm thinking though of, um, a Firefly, right? Where it's, way off in the in the future it's not even it's not even hundreds of thousands of years in the future it's like a couple hundred years in the future yeah and like they have a vague notion of quote the earth that was <laughs> right they, they there is never mm-hmm. the thing i love about firefly there's never a mention in that show of america mm-hmm. or or anything or china or <laughs> nothing despite there's, most of the sets looking like they came straight out of texas or one of the other well states. it's a western but <laughs> yeah but but that's the thing is like there's no there's nobody like decorating the the back of their wagon with an american flag or a chinese flag or a japanese flag or a british flag or anything it's like no no that is the ancient past we don't even remember hundreds that. Hundreds of years ago. Yeah. There's a puppet show at one point showing all of the rocket ships leaving Earth in like Kabuki style or something. And that's the closest you get to any kind of, you know. But here we are, 250,000 years later, they're doing the moon. And if you're doing the moon, you know what you got to do. You got to put the American flag so that we know it's the moon. All right. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> It's a British show, too. It's not like American. Yeah. yeah. Well, they haven't landed there yet. Yeah, There's no British flag on but the moon. But like, it's not like it was made by an American who's like, well, obviously there would be an American yeah. flag on the moon or whatever. <laughs> you right, know, our right. self-centered nationalism <laughs> as a British people. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So we've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. still under miscellaneous <laughs> trivia. We've mentioned before, this is not the first time that an actor has portrayed both the doctor and another character in the same episode. We mentioned this one time before when, mm-hmm. when Matt Smith played both the doctor and the almost people doctor, right? Mm-hmm. What was the thing called? The flesh, mm-hmm. the flesh doctor. Um, we mentioned it then, but this is not only th- th- this version of this or this occurrence of this is special in a couple of ways. First of all, it's the 11th time that it's happened huh. in the history of Doctor Who. Does that and, count the last episode? Uh, the the last time that this happened, you mean? No, like literally the last episode where he was all red. Does that count as an alternate doctor? No, 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 because no, he was he was still the doctor. He was just red. Yeah. You know, he wasn't yeah, he wasn't like a cloned <laughs> version of himself or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the flat remember the flesh version of the doctor was a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um we had um Tennant did this with the doctor and the Metacrisis doctor. Wait, what about when he got cloned but it was a girl or whatever? Does that count? Okay. What we're saying is the actor. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> this uh, what we're saying is the actor playing both the doctor and someone else. So, for example, the first time this happened was actually with William Hartnell, where he played the doctor, and he also played some random dude in whatever place they were who happened to look like the doctor. And it became a plot point in the episode, if I remember correctly, where, like, there's a mix-up later, right? And there's there's other examples of this happening. Now... Uh, in the in the examples that I just listed in New Who, it was some version of the Doctor. Yeah. Sort of. So in this one, we have Matt Smith playing the 11th Doctor as well as playing the Cyber Planner, right? And, and this is more the internal thing, right? Where the, the two of them are talking to each other in their mind kind of thing. Not where, like, mm-hmm. he's speaking out loud and then he, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, so, to the other guy. So, because uh, that's arguably... The same character, just with some technology on his face and yeah. whatever. But internally, in their mind, it's two different. It's two different characters, right? The cyber planner. So um, this is the eleventh time this has happened. It is also um, this Matt Smith pulls ahead of the other doctors because um, each of the other actors who have done this have done it twice, except for Tennant, who did it once. This is now Matt Smith's third time playing both himself and some other character. What if, was if the memory serves, first time? It was, he, it, there's an episode where he plays the 11th Doctor and the Tesselecta. Ah. Oh, ah, right. yeah. And then there's the episode where he plays himself and the flesh version of himself, right? So it's... it's was a, the Tesselecta before the flesh? Or was the flesh before? Uh, it was the same season. I don't remember which one came I first. I think the flesh was first. I think, I think it was. Like, was that a flesh doctor? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, technically yeah. we saw the doctor die, which was the Tesselecta. Right. That's so, right. I mean, technically we saw the Tesselecta. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. the first time... That's actually a good point. The first time we see the Matt Smith playing the Tesselecta is in the impossible astronaut when he gets killed. Wait, does that count as that's four a, then? That's actually a really good. Hmm. I doubt they would count that, but um, because it was actually two versions. He was know, the previous version. And then the after that's version that was also the Tesselecta, but we didn't know yet. That is a very good point. So, so it maybe the fourth time that he's done it. Yeah. But, the way the Which Wikia, would make it not 11, it would make it 12. Thing, though. It was the same It's situation. a different episode, though. 
Yes, but it is a different episode. So at any rate, at any rate, out of these 11th, uh, 11th, out of these 11 occurrences, this is also the fourth time that where, so you've got the doctor playing, uh, I'm sorry, you have an actor playing the doctor and some other character. This is the fourth time where the actor was also playing the main villain. So <laughs> four times in Doctor Who, you've had an actor play the doctor mm-hmm. And the doctor's enemy, you know, main villain for the episode. This has happened too many times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, you know, it's been running for, for quite a long time. So it's hard, hard to get your head wrapped around what we're talking about because we're trying to distinguish between the actor, the doctor, and then a clone of the doctor or mm-hmm. some random dude running down the street in Rome Whatever or wherever they were. Yeah. To be. <laughs> Which version of the fake doctor is it? Is that the Tesselecta doctor? Or, yeah, anyway. So I want to know, has there been an episode where the doctor has played like more than two. More than two? Like he was three guys. That would be interesting. (laughs) And absurd. Yes. (laughs) All right. It's getting a little out of hand now. Uh, So speaking of Matt Smith and the 11th doctor, this is their third series, right? Both the actor and and the character. This is their their third uh, complete series. I I guess technically Matt Smith appeared in four series, right? Because he appeared at the end of Tenant's time. But as far Mm -hmm. as him being the main guy, uh, this was their third series, all three of which have had the Cybermen feature in the penultimate episode. Now, penultimate is a fancy word that means second to last, right? The ultimate episode would be the last one. The penultimate would be the one that is before the ultimate. So all three seasons of of the 11th Doctor, the second to last episode has featured the Cybermen. Wow. So you had had (laughs) the Pandorica opens where they weren't, like hugely they weren't like the only thing happening Mm -hmm. but they were definitely there then you have closing time with Mm -hmm. uh oh craig i couldn't remember his name i was like what's the guy's name that we say funny craig um and then this one so in all three of 11's seasons the cybermen appear in the second to last episode that's that's kind of kind of funny um we we had something similar to that where like the first i think it was the first three seasons of new who so even spanning multiple doctors the last episode featured the Daleks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember exactly what it was uh, where the season finale featured, or it was like, I think we went like several seasons where the season finale was either fighting the Daleks or the Cybermen. Yeah. <laughs> it took us like five seasons to where we yeah. were fighting somebody else in the, in the final episode of the season. And so. when it's put that way, you're like, Oh, they use the Daleks way, way too much. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Daleks and the well, and it's also, yeah. I mean, you're, you're leaning on two of the most iconic characters. Yeah. Far too much. Right. Right. And one of them, if I remember correctly, featured not only the Cybermen, but the Cybermen and the master. So it's like, okay, <laughs> like, hey, guys. don't have any new villains to pick from <laughs> for, you know, big, uh, big dramatic Cyberman Master finales. and the Dalek all team up to fight the Doctor. That's right. <laughs> uh, so under the the cast, we really only had one person to talk about, but holy crap, we've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so Porridge, much. Porridge, oh, as yeah. soon as he came on screen, I went, "Oh right, he's here!" <laughs> and the boys are like, "And I'm I'm doing like, I'm doing the sideways glance, like eh eh," eh? and oh, y'all right. are looking at me like. What? Most what? of his roles are aliens. How are we supposed ah, to? Ah, well, aliens? okay, yeah. So, uh, Porridge was played by Warwick Warwick Davis, or Warwick, I don't know how, you know, depends on who you ask, I guess. He has been so many things, okay? So, I'm going to I'm gonna attempt to go in semi-chronological order uh, so that the younger you are, uh, the longer it's going to take for you to go, oh. Uh, so, first of all, he played the titular character in Willow which was a 1980s fantasy sword and sorcery type of thing. 
And uh, he is uh, the main character. His name is Willow. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that one also featured, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of his name, played Batman. Oh my gosh. Why can't I think of his name? Christopher. He was the worst Batman. Um, Oh, I've heard the name. You know who I'm talking about. I've heard the name. He was also in Top Gun. Top. Val Kilmer. Oh, Val Kilmer. Um, he, he and, uh, Warwick Davis team up and, and go on an adventure, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, he also was the titular character in the Leprechaun series. So this would have been like lots of makeup. Leprechaun was a horror flick, by the way. And there was like, there was like nine of them or something. It just like, you know, it, this was, this was the epitome of there was one that was Leprechaun in space. You know, it's just like, we're going to do all the things, guys. Um, so many of the things I've seen two of them. They are horrifying. They are just absolutely horrifying. Were and he does good, though. Huh? Were they good though? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, campy. This was, this would have been like, they started in the eighties. Uh, so this would have been like campy horror, like, um, like nightmare on Elm street and, oh. and what Friday the 13th b- became. Um, oh, so just like campier. And it was like, it got worse as it went on. <laughs> Because, you know, there was like Jason in space, right? Uh-huh. There, was a, there was a Friday the 13th with Jason in space. Um, it was that level of, of stuff where it started out like just horrifying horror flick that as time went on, the, the psychopathic monster of the movies became who you root for oh by like goodness. part seven, you know? That's, that's what it went to. Like by the time you get to like Nightmare on Elm Street 19, you're Ooh. rooting for Freddy Krueger by that way. Yeah. They're all going to die and I want them to. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. we come up with the most inventive way as possible. Um, so at any rate, um, he also played uh, Nickabrick in the Chronicles of Narnia. Best I name do ever. not remember yeah. that guy. So he was, he would have been the dwarf who... Um, sort of like sort of betrays and and lets the the ice queen or whatever the white witch like lets her out this was this would have been like the fourth movie third or fourth movie fourth movie yeah 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 it was like it was on down into the series it was it was a while how dare he yeah um he also played okay so he played uh let me let me jump ahead here he played uh professor flitwick in harry potter and he was also grip hook and Harry Potter, which mm-hmm. I think chronologically, I think we see Griphook first. Um, he's one of the, um, was it the goblins that were the, who were the bankers in Harry Potter? Were I they, goblins? they were goblins? Something like that. Yeah. Um, Griphook was one of them. And then Professor Flitwick was just one of the professors at Hogwarts. And he's in like three of the movies. So he, he's Griphook once. And then we see him multiple times as, uh, as Flitwick. Mm-hmm. Then we get into holy cow. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Second, probably only to um, flipping R2-D2 and C-3PO was Warwick Davis in Star Wars. Okay, (laughs) so he is most notably uh, Wicket the Ewok in Return of the Jedi. That's that's when we first meet him, and apparently chronologically in Rise of the Skywalker as well. Well, well, thanks, thanks. He plays the same role in two. Movies, I put him in a certain so. order for a certain reason. Yeah, so thank sure you for just stealing all that. Um, so he played e- Wicked the Ewok. Almost said that backwards. Wicked the Ewok in Return of the Jedi, and then he in in Solo. Excuse me, sorry. In let me get this in in order that we would have seen him um, in Rogue One. He played. Weety Kayubi or something. <laughs> a lot of these are like iconic Star Tra- Star Wars names, iconic in the sense of Alien the way they sound. Not uh-huh. that you're going to know them. Yeah. Um, he played um, Weasel 
in Solo and Weasel spelled with a Z and a capital W. So I've got to imagine that's the character's name. So there's a character named Weasel in Solo. That's him. Um, he is the voice of Rook in Star Wars Rebels. So he was multiple episodes of that animated series. Mm-hmm. He is Wadabin <laughs> in The Last Jedi. <laughs> he is Wallavan oh in The Force Awakens. So I've gotten those out of order. He is Wald, a pod race spectator, and a Moss Espa citizen in The Phantom Menace. So he was just like, look, guys, I got nothing to do this summer. Put me in every part of The Phantom Menace. I want to be on every planet. I want to be I want to be in every scene just the random where there's a crowd. Yeah. Stage guy. He's just so many different people. Like, ooh, that random alien. Can I be him? Yeah, can I be him? Mm-hmm. I, I bet that makeup would look great on me. Put Does me he in. not have any talking lines? Let me be him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he is credited in The Rise of Skywalker as Wicket, sorry, Wicket W. Warwick, which I think is awesome. Amazing. <laughs> so it's like they took, and it's spelled differently. It's W-A-R-R-I-C-K, and the actor's name is W-A-R-W-I-C-K, <laughs> like Warwick. So I don't know if, but I think it's kind of pronounced Warwick Davis. Um, so Wicket W. Warwick, which apparently this is Wicket from The Return of the Jedi appearing again. Because mm-hmm. as I said, you know, just like R2-D2 has to be in as many scenes as possible, even when he's barely even alive. Uh, um, and C-3PO has to not only appear in every movie, but get stupider as time goes on. Um, <laughs> in the same way, Warwick Davis has to continue to appear in Star Wars. So they decided to pull Wicket out of the forest of Endor <laughs> and slap him in a scene in the Rise of Sky. I don't even remember him. No, I don't even remember him. No, because he was he was well no on Endor in the Rise of Sky. I don't Skywalker? think so. I don't remember. I don't think so. You know what? He was probably like walking along the skyline on on Tatooine in the very final scene or something. Like that. <laughs> why, why are you yeah, here? No speaking line. You can't actually even recognize him, but if you look at the outline of that shadow, that's definitely Wicked the Ewok. Anyways, uh-huh. uh, so he was Porridge slash the the emperor uh the the emperor of uh whatever the human empire i guess obviously (laughs) the empire can't emperor can't you tell yeah the statue definitely was him and the coin no one else saw but me right they spent so much time of like you know like pointing the camera longingly at the at the statue and did we even see the coin I know she did. Did we ever see the the coin? coin. Okay. Like, are you kidding me? That was interesting. Guys, Noobs in the Hoobian is brought to you by R5 Website Management. You know what? It's not. It's brought to you by G Suite this week. Uh, I forgot to change out the notes from, uh, so that we can, we can keep on with what we were talking about last week. Guys, if you don't have a business, uh, a domain based email for your business, you need to get one. Because again, who, who are you going to trust with your lawn care? Uh, Jim Bob's cut them up at gmail.com <laughs> or contact at Jim Bob's cut up.com. <laughs> um, that's a terrible, do- <laughs> that's a terrible domain. Speaking of horror movies, <laughs> I think I just invented a new, <laughs> a new series of horror films. Jim, Bob Jim Bob's cut them ups. The, uh, the, the, the demon lawn care, uh, lawn keeper, uh, of, of wicked street. Anyways. Uh, so guys, if you don't have that, uh, that professional email, it's time to step up your game and support your favorite local podcast. I don't What's local about us? That's what happens when there's no ad copy and I'm, and I'm uh, vamping. Um, but guys for about $6 a month and not for about, it's $6 a month. So about $72 a year, you can get that professional email. If you don't already have a domain 
you don't have a website, you don't have any of that going for you, you can get the domain for just about $14 a year by going to new uh, store.r5websitemanagement.com. Uh, so you get the uh, domain. You don't even have to have the website. You can just use it for your email. If you don't know how any of that works, uh, give us a call. You can email me at uh, austin at r5websitemanagement.com and we can help you get that all set up and you can step up your game uh, with your with your professional email and then you've got the domain booked for when you are ready to launch that website. So um, head on over to uh, noobsinthehoovian.com slash support and you'll see where you can click on the uh, the banner there for G Suite and head over there. If you are interested, we have a 20% off coupon that's good for your entire first year. So um, uh, email me over at austin at r5websitemanagement.com to get one of those codes. All right, so that brings us down to the checklist. Uh, let's see, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. I don't think so. Nightmare uh, in Silver? I don't think definitely so. Definitely not. Yeah. No. I, th- I, I want to say this is like a Sherlock reference, but the Wikia didn't point that out. I want to say that there's um there's a Nightmare in Color uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes story. Um, there's also the Silver Nemesis, is mm-hmm. a, a which I think Jared's going to mention, um, is a classic Who episode uh, that features the, uh, the Cybermen. And I, I want to say both of those kind of have a Sherlock Holmes uh, reference in them, or at the very least, they, they have that feel. So did the Crimson Horror, though. So I may be mm-hmm. just making up stuff. I don't know. Uh, so the creature <laughs> of the week, I listed several here. We had the Cybermen, der. We had the Cybermites. Yeah. That was an interesting development. Cybermat. Cyber. That's right. Not even a Cybermat. So Cybermites. the Cybermat, like, launches out of a Cyberman's arm, and then out of that pops what the they, Right. <laughs> what do they do exactly? Funny little insects. What, the Cybermites? Do they, like, steal all the electronic components to build new Cybermen? Apparently. And, and they can they get can into people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the Wikia pointed out that um, there's this weird feedback loop that happened. Star Trek bar- borrowed some concepts. There was some, there was some influence from the Cybermen on the character, on the villains, the Borg, right? And um, one, I don't think we've, have y'all gotten to any of the episodes with the Borg? I've never even heard of it. Okay. Um, They're a massive villain in in Star Trek from TNG onward. And um, they, so they are like a half organic, half cybernetic race, right? And they assimilate people. So um, they were kind of loosely influenced by the Cybermen. And then this iteration of the Cybermen, you can feel some pull back in that direction where all of a sudden they, you know, the whole upgrade and progress, that whole thing, that is totally what the Borg do, right? You shoot them with a phaser and you kill one of them. And then the next one that comes at you has a shield that blocks that Oh, those little flying things? No, no, no. no. That was, yeah, that was Arsenal of Freedom that we just watched. That was a different 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 thing. Similar concept, though, where the Mm -hmm. Borg do this, but just forever um, Mm -hmm. as a whole race. And um, uh, so there was that kind of idea. The idea of the Cybermen using little, uh, the little Cybermites to assimilate people to take them over and that kind of thing. That is definitely Borg. Um, so there is an interesting kind of like back and forth where the Cybermen influenced the Borg and then later the Borg influenced an evolutionary period of the Cybermen. The Wikia also pointed out something very interesting. This is the first occurrence of Cybermen from this universe since Classic Who. I, it broke my brain. I was what? like, what are you talking about? We've seen the Cybermen so many times. Where did we first encounter the Cybermen in New Who? Do y'all remember? 
Well, they were in the <coughs> other universe. Yes. They were for several episodes, but there hasn't been another. According movie. to the Wikia, <coughs> and I, <clears throat> I think they're right about this. Every occurrence of the Cybermen thus far in New Who have, have been Cybermen that in some way or another originated in Pete's universe. Remember, we had Cybus Industries in Pete's universe. And, and so the Cybermen were trying to take over the world in that universe. And then they like crossed over the void. We had that whole storyline. And then every time we've encountered the Cybermen since then, it's been those Cybermen. It's been some reiteration of those Cybermen. These... The three that we saw were definitely the Cybermen from the other universe. The three what? The three... Like the two that he had... And then the one chess player that was like in this collection. No, no. So that's the thing is that all of the Cybermen in this episode are native to the Doctor's universe, the Prime universe, not Pete's universe, according to the Wikia. And again, I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. So this is like the rebirth of the the native Cybermen in New Who. They, uh, according to the Wikia, they haven't been seen since Classic Who. Huh. Yeah. That one kind of. What was human nature about? Human nature was the doctor becoming uh, John Smith and the the family. Did they even show up in that episode? That I'm I don't think right? so. Why? Why? No. I'm looking not. at all the appearances of them just to check if that's right. Uh, closing time was the one at the mall with Craig, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Were they? Yeah, from? and those were crashed down inside the Earth. Yeah. So that, maybe? That doesn't sound like they could have come from Pete's universe. Unless unless they came across the... Oh, yeah, yeah. They did, didn't they? They came across in a void ship or something. They, they crossed the void and crashed. Did they? I think. Oh, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to check it out. So listeners, if you, if you guys have, have better uh, uh, theories on that, thoughts on that, then please... Let us know. Email us or or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Um, so we also had under uh, Creature of the Week, the Cyber Planner slash Mr. Clever, right? So he's kind of like... Dumbest name ever. It really was. <laughs> I'll call myself Mr. <sighs> Clever. I was just waiting for the doctor to like punch back into himself and be like, this is stupidest that's name I've ever name. heard. Yeah. Especially because he's like, Cyber Planner, that's a lousy name. I know what I'll call myself. Mr. Mr. Clever. Clever. It's like... Uh, <laughs> especially on the heels of an episode where we had Mr. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird juxtaposition there. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. He says, um, oh, gosh, <clears throat> I wrote this line down because this was just brutal. He's talking to Clara and he says, I have to win a chess game and you have to die pointlessly far from home. And I was like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> like, way to rub it in. Dude. Like, I thought y'all were supposed to be like without emotion and everything. That was kind of vindictive. Like, that's kind of a jerk move. So I don't know. Ah, uh, yes, but he has the doctor's brain or whatever the crap, so he's smarter. <laughs> whatever the crap, yeah. Uh, let's see. We didn't get a Geronimo this week, but we did get an Alonzi. That was interesting. Was, yeah. And the Wikia said that there was also, we got a Fantastic? Yeah. I don't remember that. I said, was write it? that down. Oh, is that what you were talking about? What did you take? Did we get what? a Fantastic? When was it? It was the same exact scene that he said Alonzi before he said Alonzi. He oh, said fantastic. Because he was just going through like three or four of the doctor's catchphrases. Well, it would have just been those two, right? Just fantastic and Alonzi? Yeah, and then the doctor slapped back in. Huh. 
Okay. I when you said that, I wasn't making that connection. So I think I wrote down what you when you said write that down. I think I made a note, but I must have put it somewhere else because I didn't I didn't make the connection that it was a fantastic. So um, at any rate, we did we did get that, and we also had we also had um, I love when they're like fighting with each other in their mind, and yeah. you see flashes of all of the. 10 pre preceding doctors, uh, the Wikia pointed out, and it was, it was obvious if, if you've been exposed to this, it was obviously production photos for each doctor. <laughs> so this would have been like stuff that would have been on like posters or on commercials or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what all of those, those. So they were like, you know, just like amazing headshots, not like action shots from within the episode. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was kind of interesting, especially when you compare that to the 11th hour, where you see all of mm-hmm. the 10 faces and then he comes through. Yeah. Those were all video, right? So those were all clips from episodes, whereas this was standstill production photos. You got to love that the doctor has third person images of him. Of himself, himself in his mind. Like, And apparently multiple because he has the pictures in this as well as those videos of him were directly from his mind, weren't they? No, no, no. That was, oh, that was, that was uh, the, the Atraxi scanning the, you know, the oh, historical yeah. databases or whatever. But not, okay, so not only does he have third-person images, they're like glamour shots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Professional headshots. That's how he pictures himself is poster-quality headshots. I love it. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Under other stuff we noticed, um, in order to... In order to defeat the Cybermen, to finally take them out, humanity had to wipe out the entire Tiberian spiral galaxy. Oh my gosh. And so, uh, Porridge, ostensibly, you know, we find out later that the Emperor says, instead of mourning a billion trillion people, because he talks about, you know, millions of stars, billions of planets, a billion trillion people. And rather than mourning the death of a billion trillion people, Porridge feels bad for the bloke that had to push the button. Mm. Then you find out later on, it, it was, was basically him. Uh-huh. He had to push like whether he physically pushed the button or not, he's the one that gave the order to do it. Right. So, um, and just just uh, some some interesting uh, foreshadowing there as well. So, uh, the army had. Oh gosh, there was the weirdest line that Porridge had. They talked about some battle or something or, or some planet that they were on. And Porridge says, oh, yes, the army had an ice picnic where the polar bears came out and did a dance for us. What, what a lovely day. I'm like, what? intelligent polar bears. Right. What is happening? <laughs> it's like I'm picturing them all like carrying a bottle of Coca-Cola. You know, yeah. <laughs> like what is going on? You know, the, the, the bears came out for the ice picnic and did a little dance for us. I'm like, all of a sudden I felt like we were in Chronicles of Narnia. Instead like, of a science fiction show. It sounds like y'all had food and were in the way of those polar bears from getting said food. I think they would have attacked you, not <laughs> danced. No, they were doing they were doing a little dance for everyone. It was a little jig. jig. It was a it was a happy little day. Yeah. Remember the good old days. Anyways, uh so let's see. We have um uh Clara telling the doctor, see you next Wednesday, and the doctor says, Yes. Well, a Wednesday. Last Wednesday. One of the Wednesdays. <laughs> I love I love the idea of see you last Wednesday. Being a possible thing that the doctor could say to someone and just like, what would be the reaction there? Like, well, yeah, but we already did. I already did that part, but I guess you haven't yet. So, okay, well, see you last Wednesday. I also love it was it was good seeing you in the future. He can't hit a specific (laughs) Wednesday, but he definitely can hit 
a Wednesday. The TARDIS can only he has specific day controls for some reason. Right. right. Yeah. There was a there was a joke about that one time before too, where um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. He he. There, it was like a it was like a production level joke where he said something about Saturdays being boring or something like that, and and it was because the doctor, uh, like Doctor Who, had moved from Saturdays to Sundays for their airtime or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something like that, where he's like, oh, you know, Saturday's awfully boring. And it was like a, you know, like a 25-year callback to mm-hmm. when the show used to be on Saturdays and now it's on Sundays. So, um, And he's he said some stuff like that before, where he's like, yes, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Mondays, you know, like there are certain days of the week that he doesn't like, like. all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Uh, let's see. So who's who? Um, who is Clara Oswald? She says, I trust the doctor. To which, uh, what's her name? I forget. The the military person says, you think he knows what he's doing then? And she goes, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> and then just walks. <laughs> just keeps walking. Wait, all of a sudden, I'm remembering another line like that. Some other companion said something like that. Like, I, I completely trust the doctor. It was River. River said, I completely trust this man. And they say, so he knows what he's doing. And she's like, I completely trust this man. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> it was almost identical where it's like, they say, so, so he's, you know, he's going to do the right thing. I completely trust this man. <laughs> I'm going to ignore your question and sort of answer it in a different way. Uh, let's see. Uh, she, she asked the doctor to find out if it's, if it's actually him or if it's the cyber planner, Mr. Clever again. She says, do you think I'm pretty, pretty? And he says, no, you're too short, bossy and your nose is all funny. <laughs> Her nose is all funny. Like, what does that even mean? And she's like, sounds about right. Yeah, that uh, yeah, checks out. Uh, he calls her the impossible girl, a mystery wrapped in an, enig- in an enigma squeezed into a skirt that's just a bit too tight. And then like, he smiles and he's like, boom, knock it off, doctor. <laughs> it's so funny how like, how asexual the doctor generally is. And then sometimes something like that will sneak through. And then, and by the way, I love that this completely, like for the most part, this completely asexual character, when River shows up, just devolves into a puddle of hormones (laughs) where it's just like flirty time, you know, like, oh gosh, I love it so much. Uh, So let's see, who is the doctor? We kind of, we kind of wandered into that already. Um, He's officially starting a funny insect collection. (laughs) As of now. As yes, as of right now, as uh, I do starting now. Um, he calls the Cybermite beautiful, as usual. You know, like, I'm anytime, coming to stop you, and I will never stop, and I will destroy you, and I'm getting those kids back. And might I also say, <laughs> you are beautiful. That's right. That's right. I love. Uh, I love anytime the doctor. It's the doc. You know what it is. The doctor is fascinated by things that are clever, things that work well, things that are just brilliant, <laughs> even if they are maniacally brilliant, right? <laughs> If it's psychotically <laughs> intricate, he's going to love it, yes. but he's going to do everything he can to destroy it yes. right? or, or turn it. You know, if like, yeah, if I can yeah. just make you not be murderous, then we're all good. But until then you're beautiful, but I'm going to destroy you. Right. Uh, which, yeah. what do we say last week? Uh, I'm the doctor, you're crazy and I'm going to stop you or whatever. <laughs> what? Didn't seem to think she was beautiful as much though. So like didn't care about her at all. Right. Well, she was just a human. Right, nothing special there. Not a cybermite. Not a new evolution of one of his old villains. But but Mr. Sweet, hundreds of years before anyone else had even invented flight, let alone. That's true. Yeah, he didn't have any compliments for Mr. Sweet, did he? Which he should have. Like terribly clever. That rocket bit and all. 
Um, not, not, not really any. No, of that. she just kind of died, and he was like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, whatever. Like, I guess yeah, I'll take whatever. you back to the yeah. Precambrian area. Squish. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I guess not. Then. <laughs> no. All the bad guys die. By the way, you know, I I know this is not the episode that we're covering this week, but I didn't think about it until just now. Normally, when something like that happens, he will like chew that person out. Right. Like he should have read Ada the riot act. You don't do that. He was innocent and you don't destroy him. You give him a chance. Nope. He was like, ew. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Who like pretty much killed that other lady and he didn't have anything to say to him. Oh, yeah. 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 Like straight up blasting people with lasers. Ah, That's cool. She shot at him and he's like, I'm about to end her right now. We needed an action scene this week, Strax. So you get a pass. So Uh, let's see. He says, I'm going to get Amy, find Artie and collect funny insects. Stay alive and don't blow up the planet. What? Angie, you said Amy. I said Amy? Yes, you did. I said Amy? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip there. I'm going to get Angie and find Artie and collect funny insects. And then he says, stay alive and don't blow up the planet. I just love that. All right. I'm heading off now. Don't die. (laughs) While I'm gone, survive. So left Angie behind. And then when he... (laughs) And then when he came back, he's like, oh, you didn't blow up the planet. Oh, yeah. Well done. Well done. Uh, let's see. The cyber planner slash Mr. Clever remarks on the doctor's binary vascular system, hyperconductive nervous system, and remarkable brain processing power. So just <laughs> saying out loud all of the things that we're supposed to have already you know, understood about the doctor. Yes. Uh, brilliant in all these kinds of things. Uh, the doctor says he could regenerate and burn out all the little cyber widgets. But if I, I love this line, but he goes, but if I use up this me... Who knows what comes next? Like, we know, what? obviously, but what? What? It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Do what I, I do think that's interesting. He's like, I. So, so ten kind of talked about this, right? Where it's like, <clears throat> I'm dead, and some other guy goes sauntering off. Basically, is what he says. Yeah. Um, Eleven here is saying, and I don't have any clue what that new guy is going to be. That's an interesting, that's an interesting, just little wrinkle to throw in the whole regeneration thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I use up this me, who knows what comes next? It uh, almost implies like in the heat of the moment, it's just kind of a throwaway bit. But if yeah. you're thinking about it, it's like, what does that mean, doctor? <laughs> are you saying like the next version of you could be a bad thing? Or like, what are you trying to say? Like half first the time doctor- though, their personalities <laughs> are entirely different. Doctors seem to hate each other. All the time. I love that. I love that about <laughs> yeah. multiple Doctor episodes. Uh, the, the the ones that we've in, either watched or we've seen clips of, they despise each other. I know. Some reason each one thinks they're smarter than the other. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I likened it to a bunch of brothers getting together and everybody dogpiles to see who's like king of the mountain this <laughs> this holiday season. Uh, that's what it's like, you know. Where, except it's all the same person. You know, it's really <laughs> no. I'm better than you. No, you're the worst than me. That means you're worse than me because we're the same exact person. Uh, yeah, well, wow. <laughs> round and round we go. Uh, so we didn't put it on the list, but Corbin kind of took us there. Who are Angie and Artie? Do y'all want to spend a little bit of time talking about who are Angie and Artie? Angie sucks. Corbin's got some opinions. I hate her. Annoying. She is Corbin has feelings. A freaking brat. The doctor, the doctor doesn't say you could die, but he very clearly implies if you wander off, you are going to end up and in he's like, serious, serious trouble. In a world like, of hurt. She's like, I'm bored. I'm just going to go over here and do <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, she walks into a room full of military personnel like, 
working on weapons and she's like hello and, and i'm bold announces like, to everyone like you're supposed to keep me entertained yeah like this is a theme park like woman it's already been explained to you that the theme park part is gone like that is not a thing anymore <laughs> and you can tell at the end of the episode she doesn't learn anything no yeah. she really didn't and she, she really doesn't care either she's like she, oh they did the almost whole, like, died they did the whole like know. bouncy bounce on the moon thing she should and Artie's like that was amazing and angie's like it was okay like what are you, what are you talking about this what is the best thing on ever earth? <laughs> <laughs> i think it's funny that they were all okay like we we missed the whole bit where he talks about oh this is a time machine to figure on the inside like I'm so sad that we missed that part. Yeah, we didn't ever see them inside the TARDIS, did we? She should have been well, traumatized we saw them poke their as heads well. Out. No, I'm episode. saying we didn't see them, like, we didn't go into the TARDIS mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. So we, we missed their... This TARDIS the entire episode. Yeah, yeah, it was just an exterior shot. She should have been traumatized as well. She gets, like, captured and then <laughs> taken, sees her brother just yeah, walking not coma, moving, and then gets put in a walking coma herself. Wakes right. up just in time to see the doctor freaking yelling at himself <laughs> while playing chess. And then, <laughs> you know, the whole okay, The time, doctor has lost it. The whole time, the threat of the planet being blown up is in like hundreds of cyber. I, I have to imagine that, you know, if, if these two were to like stick around for a season or two, that that would be their arc. Yeah. It would but, be Angie like... Ceasing to be such a brat. But it's the second to last but it's, episode. They're not going to do that, right? And that's what I'm saying is like we're we're getting this glimpse of these two characters, and, and they are really just dumb. They, <laughs> yeah, they're just the kids. Artie is in the okay, way, basically. but she is just annoying. And then, like at the end of the episode, she's like, "Couldn't y'all obviously tell there was that one statue that no one looked at, and then the coin that only I got." And only I looked at. Not even the audience got to see it. It's so obvious. Right. Oh my gosh. There was one other moment where she said something, and the doctor was like, "Oh, very good." I don't, I don't, I don't remember what it say. was, but she put two and two together and was the first one to say it. And she and he's like, "Oh," or maybe she asked. She asked a question, I think. And he's like, "Oh, very good," you know. And I was like, "Ooh, like we're seeing a little bit of that sort of like companion." audition that we talk about sometimes and then she and just then all of it went away the rest yeah. of the episode <laughs> just shot it all down yeah. <laughs> none, none, no more of that so <laughs> all right well that's kind of all of our who's who so just a quick reminder that noobs in the hoobian is also brought to you by listeners like victor jared and james if you find value in what we do you want to give a little bit of value back here's what you can do head on over to noobs slash support you find all of the ways you can help us out again just a quick rundown the Best way, our favorite way, is for you to become a monthly Patreon supporter. You can start for as little as a dollar a month, up to $15 a month, or you know what? Sky's the limit. Give give as much as you want. Sign up. We're not going to stop you. You want to do $100 a month? I'm not going to tell you no. You go for it, okay? Uh, we are also looking for some one-time help getting access to Doctor Who, so a couple of dollars uh, one-time gift will sponsor an episode, and we'll actually give you a shout-out on that episode, or $15 will uh, sponsor a season, and we will sponsor you. Uh, sponsor you. <laughs> we will shout you out uh, throughout that season if you help us out in that way. So again, head over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Become a supporting, uh, supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to our classic Who connection. Let's listen to what uh, Jared has to point out to us. Hello, Noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the episode The Nightmare in Silver. Now, there was a classic Who serial with a very similar name that also involved fighting Cybermen. That was The Silver Nemesis. 
the Silver Nemesis was with the Seventh Doctor, and uh, the Cybermen arrived by a comet uh, down to Earth that uh, landed, and they landed on Earth from the comet, and uh, of course, trying to convert everyone as Cybermen do. Um, they, they they talked about in that as they often did in Classic Who uh, talked about how and defeated uh, the Cybermen with gold. Uh, the in Nightmare and Silver, the Doctor talks about their weakness to gold. That was a Classic Who uh, common way to defeat the Cybermen. Not right from the beginning. That sort of came a little bit later, uh, but. Uh, almost the, defeating the Cybermen in Classic Who beyond the first few serials of Cybermen uh, almost always involved defeating them somehow with gold. In fact, uh, Adric, who we've talked a lot about um, in the past, it, it, his badge that he always wore, which was an award for mathematics from his home, home world, uh, his badge was gold, and, and he they used up his badge defeating Cybermen uh, with the gold from it. Uh, so... Anyway, that was uh, um, so that was how they defeated in in uh, Silver Nemesis, and again was talked about here in, in that Gold can uh, defeat Cybermen here in this episode. Uh, so Webley talks about the six hundred ninety nine wonders of the universe. In the serial Death to the Daleks, the third Doctor stated that there were seven hundred wonders, but the 700th was destroyed. That's the great city of the Exelons. So, now it's accurate that there are 699. Apparently in all this time, we never added another wonder of the universe to make it around 700 again. Uh, the Doctor played chess in other Classic Who serials, uh, and I think one other New Who serial, but this is Classic Who Connections. That's the Sunmakers, the Androids of Tara, and the Curse of Fenric. Now, in The Curse of Fenric, he defeated the bad guy, Fenric, by distracting him in that game of chess and making him play longer and draining his power. So that's an interesting trope uh, that they borrowed there. Interesting. They basically copied it. Uh, And that was the seventh doctor in The Curse of Fenric who did that. Uh, And... In the Silver Nemesis, also going back to that, uh, the Cyber Leader didn't think that Time Lord secrets were of any value, uh, whereas now they're trying to, the Cybermen are trying to steal Time Lord secrets. So apparently we've come a long way in how the Cybermen feel about Time Lords and their secrets and stuff. Uh, The wax figures uh, uh, in Webley's room, uh, there are many of them that connect to other episodes of spinoffs of Doctor Who and Doctor Who itself. There was one that was from Classic Who that's listed in the Wikipedia. I didn't check on every single one of them, but in in the TARDIS wiki entry, sorry, not Wikipedia, TARDIS wiki entry, and that's a chameleon from the second Doctor serial, The Faceless Ones, which is a really interesting one to include because... There's only one episode from that serial left, so you can't really see. I mean, they've they've got it animated, uh, but you can't really see the original. So it's interesting they chose that one. Uh, I couldn't find out any reason why that particular one was included, but uh, must have been someone on the uh, production level of the show must have been one of their favorites or something. 
In the serial The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, that was also about visiting an amusement park that's run by aliens. And finally, we have Cybermites. Well, we've met Cybermats, and of course, the doctor mentions not even Cybermites anymore, but or Cybermats anymore, but now Cybermites. So that was kind of cool, they, with uh, an updated take on the Cybermat. And that'll do it. Um, so I, I did enjoy this one. I, I like, I like Cybermen serials. Uh, there is a little bit about, uh, there's the, uh, Whovian and the noobs, uh, they, they of course feel the Daleks because they're so horrible and undefeatable and yet they're always defeated. I kind of feel that way sometime with the Cybermen. Uh, I felt that way a little bit with this one too. Um, but I remember being surprised, uh, I, I didn't have to wait till the reveal, but I did, uh, didn't get that the, um, emperor was right there all the time. And so I liked that surprise in the end and, and a little bit of twist. Um, I remember from the first time that I saw it. Uh, so I, I'm going to give this one, uh, a, a seven out of 10 chess playing animatronic Cybermen. And, you know, not not really creeped out by this one. Cybermen can be creepy. This one, not as much. So I'm going to say uh, probably 50 on the uh, creep levels out of 500 there. So thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right, thanks, Jared. Um, I love the... Um uh, that you, you kind of feel the way we feel about the Daleks about uh, the Cybermen. <laughs> I gotta say, like in this episode, though, they're like the Daleks are or not the Daleks. The Cybermen are indestructible. They step yeah. in freaking electrocuted water. They'll just upgrade and they'll be fine. That's not how metal works or electronics. <laughs> you can't. I thought it was interesting. Electronics what I thought was going to happen was the first one was going to step in, get fried, and then the and then, others were going to upgrade. Which right. would have made sense. Instead of upgrading in the middle of dying. Which I didn't, yeah. That was, was kind of interesting. How electronics work. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. D- for sure. So, uh, let's see. Jared gave it 7 out of 10 chess playing animatronic Cybermen. Uh, Corbin, what do you think? I don't know. I didn't I didn't like this one a whole lot. Like, just because of Angie? Well, partially because <laughs> of her. We just mentioned the thing with the cybermen who literally die and then start upgrading right somehow i also i think a lot of the decisions that some of the characters made in this episode just didn't make sense like which one like or what the doctor not leaving well yeah, uh, yeah well the the, doctor yeah. not leaving that one lady was fully prepared to nuke this planet while they only knew of one cyberman on planet and while she was fully aware that the emperor of the galaxy was on planet with them, I'm like, why? And then the emperor also knew if he activates that bomb, then the fleets would come and get them immediately. And it right. would clearly have locked on to everyone. Yeah. Why didn't he mention that earlier? Where? Like, why didn't they do that? Why right didn't we outside? wait until like everyone died and suddenly there was like half a million um, Cybermen that appeared to do that, like especially if this is supposedly a cheap and run-down amusement park, 
that seemingly doesn't need to be there probably right, yeah. wouldn't be the it biggest wasn't an inhabited deal planet. that planet blew yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you going to give so, it? So I think I'm going to say uh, six out of ten. I didn't think. Ah. Six out of ten Cybermites. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, th- this one was fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it was it was okay. Uh, it does definitely bother me that uh, just a few episodes ago, the doctor told Clara, uh, we, we don't leave anyone behind, right? We don't run away from danger. But when we're holding something precious, we run and run and run until we're out from under the shadow. Right, except and that was, that with was the, the whole, kids. And he and leaves and the kids behind. When, when he said that, but when he said that, he was talking about Mary, uh-huh. the child. Yeah, he was saying, "Clara, take this child and run as fast as you can until you're out from under the shadow, because that's what we do." Right, and then yes, in this episode, it's like we have two kids here that I was trying to take to essentially Six Flags, and instead. I'm going to stay here and investigate what I am almost certain to be horrible death and disaster. He was and suspicious of the planet. And so he left them alone and one of them got stolen in the room that he stayed in. <laughs> right. and I'm like, I didn't even think about that. One wanders off and ends up with the army. The other one stayed put. The one who stayed put is the one who got taken first by the cyber. Which that is that almost seems like a terrible lesson to be teaching the children right. watching this. You should definitely always wander off because the doctor's going to leave you in the worst defended place. So yeah, um, I, there's that. There's just it's it's one of these ones where I mean, just kind. Here's the thing though, like it was fine. That's the thing. It wasn't bad. It yeah. just, it was fine. So I'm going to give it a six point five. Um, awesome. Uh, Cybermen appliances on the doctor's face. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. That looked cool. As as awesome as I thought the doctor's face tattoo was mm-hmm. on the Gunslinger episode, yeah. uh, A Town Called Mercy, as awesome as I thought Matt Smith looked with that, <laughs> I think his cyber more. augmentations make him look awesome. And I wish that they had stayed. I wish that the doctor had found some way to like, purge the Siberiad and the cyber planner out of those, but keep them instead of, by the way, Does instead of them just, a hat? instead of, <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> so last week we had the bowler hat. This week we have uh, the cybernetic hat. implants. Yes. Um, it, that would have been awesome if like for the rest of his time, he got to keep that oh and had like a little seven of nine thing going on. That would have yeah. been awesome. But uh, so yeah, six, 6.5 out of 10 trip. What do you think? justify justify what you are about to say you crazy person so one jared totally just stole mine he totally because i did cyber he totally recorded this several days before (laughs) but i didn't listen to it before i I love this is not the first time this has happened oh yeah you have written it out corbin's had it happen too where he has written out his rating as we're (laughs) listening to jared and like one time someone was typing their rating, as Jared said, the same rating scale. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Awesome. So, Trip, right how, how many cyber chess players are you going to get? Nine. 
Why? This is amazing. It wasn't amazing. I, what, what made it amazing? The Cybermen, I okay. I like how they looked different. They were very They were very cool. different. I, the one thing I like about these Cybermen is the way they walk. Did y'all notice that they walk differently? They kind of had this shoulder pop thing that they were doing. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit different. Every time, every time they changed the Cybermen look, they changed something about the way they move. And to me, this is the coolest version of them moving. Not counting the bullet time where you like, oh, that was <laughs> really cool. Ran across the room. Yeah. It was kind of dumb, but it also looked pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things about having the Cybermen on the episode is you know as long as you run, you're fine. Because the Cybermen are slow as molasses in January. <laughs> and then the first time we see them, they do like the weeping angels. But that's not new. I mean, oh, that's, no. that's new. That's not supposed to happen. Not so. good. Not, uh, All right. So Trip gave it 9 out of 10 cyber chess players. Uh, Jared gave it 50 out of 500 creep levels. Trip, what do you think? Jared stole mine again. I'm going to say, I said 50. <laughs> I literally wrote that before he said it. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw you did, uh, you had that down there. So oh my um, Corbin, what do you, what do you think? Creep level? Um, the only thing that was kind of creepy was those uh, cyber mites, mainly because they look like real life silverfish, and I hate those things. <laughs> so, but I'm still wasn't only there a say scene? About a wasn't there a scene where there was a bunch of those running across Webley's face? They crawled out of the thing and then started running at him. I'm like, is this gonna be some Cyberman body horror mm -hmm. stuff going? Oh, on? Oh yeah, yeah. You said that when they they came out of the 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 dead chess playing Cyberman. That's where they came out of, right? And you were like, oh, Cyberman body horror. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and then it was like, you could hear zapping. It's like, what? Why are what you is zapping? Oh, yeah, it's a little Cybermite zapping. Yeah. Uh, so I gave it 125 uh, because I think uh, I think all of the things that we just mentioned would be like <laughs> a little more terrifying to the, mm -hmm. to the little ones. Uh, so I'm going to go. To the youngins. Yeah, to the youngins. So I'm going to go a little bit higher on that. All right, so uh, theories. Uh, we've, we've been talking about Clara. So do you guys, uh, I'm going to just read the, the two theories as we have them. So Trip thinks that all of the Claras are the result of the TARDIS exploding in journey to the center of the TARDIS. The time leaking out created echoes of Clara that have been taking, uh, that have taken on a life of their own and don't remember each other or the doctor or anything. So basically each one of them, whenever they show up, they're like amnesia. Um, except that they seem to remember at least parts of their name. Uh, <laughs> some of them have different versions of that name. Corbin says Clara will somehow travel back in time in the future. Uh, she is immortal like Captain Jack, but forgets everything each time she dies. So she can die and come back like Captain Jack, but she doesn't like that resets her, her memories mm -hmm. again, yeah. though she partially remembers her name. So Corbin, you say Clara will somehow travel back in time in the future is this going to be on an episode? Are we going to see it happen? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I think both are a possibility. Both of these theories? But but mine is more right. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think they're both as equally possible to happen. I. Okay. Do you have any... I'm going to stick with the theory that I made. Do you have any changes to your theory? I mean, there's or, really or much additions? to add or anything to it. Right. Except that she's a mystery wrapped in an enigma with a too tight skirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, let's add that to the theory. <laughs> Put that in the yeah. theory. Uh, Corbin, anything to, to add, subtract, or delete from yours? Mm, multiply or divide? <laughs> multiply or divide. How would you multiply a theory? Would you like to run a derivative? <laughs> I'm good. Okay. 
Nothing? No, no, y'all don't have anything new. It was nothing in the episode. Yeah, there was They've nothing in the episode. They've given us nothing on this character, and it sucks. Yeah, the only thing that we've got is the cyber planner saying, why are you thinking so much about her? And then him telling Clara that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, it, you know what's weird is it seems like what we've done with this story arc is, like with River Song, it was the constant push and pull of River knows exactly who she I is. Know. Yeah. And we're trying to figure it out. This time, it seems like the mystery is Clara slowly coming to, to understand that there's something about her. Mm-hmm. That seems yeah. to be the way the mystery is playing out, which gives us nothing. Yeah. Which is yeah. horrible. I wish it was more it's like the doctor doesn't bad know. Wolf, though. Huh? I wish it was more like Bad Wolf, though, because with Bad Wolf, it was there. They weren't mentioning it every single episode without explaining anything more about it. Bad Wolf was the same thing. It was just in the background, and we got literally yeah, nothing about it. was about in the it. background. Yeah. You didn't have characters saying the impossible girl every single episode, but not yeah. There, by the time we by the time we address Bad mm-hmm. Wolf at all, there was the there was like there was like one important. there was one fake out where the doctor was like, "It's like it's going with me everywhere." That's probably just a coincidence. <laughs> there was that one yeah. fake out, but then by the time we really actually address it, it was all of the things all at once. Whereas this one is, the doctor is going crazy trying to figure this out, kind of. And making us crazy, too, because we're just sitting here like, what is Yeah, because it? so Tell far, us. every time he's tried to figure something out, he hasn't, right? Yeah. So he went, the episode Hyde, he went to go talk to these time-traveling psychic people because they should be able to tell him something, and they can't. He tries to go to Victorian London, where he last saw, or where he saw one of the Claras, and he misses. <laughs> he misses the city and ends he up in Yorkshire. He asks Clara. Yeah. Yeah, he asks the one person who knows less than him. So, yeah, it is it is kind of maddening. So, Like, the only thing we know is that she doesn't know it. The only like, thing she we doesn't know, know is that no one knows. And so that, that she keeps yeah. showing we had, up. We had a little bit of addressing of this issue with the last episode where the Paternoster gang is like, uh... <laughs> What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Clara died. Remember? There was that whole. Don't worry. You know, we had that whole episode. Yeah, and the doctor's like, it's complicated. Like, eh, gotta go. And then he never addressed it with them. He never even yeah. addressed it. He never went to. He never had the 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 uh, discussion with Jenny and Vostra of here's the deal. I d- I don't have an answer for you yet, but here's what I do know. He doesn't even give him that. He's just no. like toodly do and like Bye-bye. heads on. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. All right, guys. Uh, so uh, the game plan next week, we continue. Um, oh, no, sorry. Next week is when uh, things get a little bit crazy. So uh, hopefully by now you've already listened to 107.5. And uh, that's that's not our favorite local FM station. That was episode 107.5. Uh-huh. Um, where Jared got you all caught up on the sixth doctor, everything that you ever wanted to know, but we're too shy to ask. And so... Um, Next time, we're going to be covering the uh, the two-Doctor episode, the second and sixth Doctor crossover episode uh, called The Two Doctors, or sorry, Serial, called The Two Doctors. Just as a reminder, again, that is a three-parter, but the three parts are 45 minutes each because for this one season, they decided to do 45-minute episodes. Uh, so go check that out. Um, as always, you can uh, check that out through uh, Amazon Prime, uh, through BritBox. Make sure that you head over to noobsinthehoobian.com slash support and click on the BritBox link uh, that's on that page or really anywhere on the website, anywhere 
you see the BritBox picture. I uh, click on that. That'll take you over. It won't change your price, but it'll help us out uh, ever so slightly. Um, and then uh, let's see, after that, that'll be episode 109 where we covered that. And then episode 110, we've mentioned before, uh, is going to be a special uh, on the docudrama called An Adventure in Space and Time. And so this was, uh, we're, we're coming up the, on the 50th anniversary, and this was a special thing that got released at that time. If memory serves right, on Amazon, this is bundled in with the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. So, you you know, you've got the classic Who stuff on BritBox, you've got Doctor Who seasons 1 through 12, um, you've got Doctor Who the Christmas specials, Seasons one through six. Half the Christmas. Yeah, it's half the Christmas specials. And then you also have Doctor Who, the 50th anniversary, which is counted as a season. So it's got uh, it's got the 50th anniversary episode, uh, the day of the doctor. It has adventure in space and time. It's got a couple of like behind the scenes things. It's got a whole thing on the eighth doctor, a whole thing on the ninth doctor, a whole thing on the 10th doctor, a whole thing on the 11th doctor. Like it's got all kinds of stuff. So it's got um, uh, all kinds of bonus stuff. We won't necessarily be covering any of that, but it includes Adventure in Space and Time. Um, so go ahead, pick that up, watch that. And um, if you want to, go ahead. I think it's probably cheaper to just buy the whole season because you're going to mm-hmm. need to get The Day of the Doctor unless you've got HBO Max because HBO Max is officially out and it is the official new home of Doctor Who. I believe you can watch it on there. Yet another streaming service. Let's That's just hope right. it doesn't go off of Amazon Prime. Sorry. Oh, you mean Amazon, Amazon video? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because right, right now, we, like we, the stuff that we've bought theoretically should never go away, but the ability to buy stuff in the future, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> buy everything. That's, let's go buy all of the episodes now. So, uh, so at any rate, guys, that's what's uh, coming up. And then um, after Adventure in Space and Time, we will cover the finale of season seven hundred two, the name of the Doctor. So uh, here's what's going on. So first of all, we got to the end of this episode, and I was like. Hey guys, we got to wait a couple of weeks to see what happens next. I was like, ah. oh. um, which oddly enough is the reverse of what we normally do. Normally uh-huh. there's like a, a eight month gap between season finale and the next season. And we watch it the next week. This time Me- it aired the next week and we're waiting several weeks uh, uh-huh. because we're going to, we're going to do these special episodes. Um, but then you've got, you've got this, this interesting thing that ends up happening, right? So you've got the season finale, the name of the doctor and that aired Originally, what was it like? Um, May? Uh, mm-hmm. Where is it? The name of the doctor, May 18th, 2013. Then it was November. You get the day of the doctor, which is the 50th anniversary episode. Then Christmas Day, you have the time of the doctor, which is the Christmas special. So you're seeing the theme here, right? The name of the doctor, the day of the doctor, the time of the doctor. There's also one called the night of the doctor, which is a mini episode mm-hmm. that leads into the 50th anniversary <laughs> special. And so starting with the name of the doctor, we're kind of doing like interconnected stories. If I remember correctly, it's been, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but if I remember correctly, we're going to like, it's going to feel like, you know, we're in one season rather than 50th anniversary and Christmas and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then of course, uh, spoiler alert, uh, the time of the doctor is regeneration episode. So we're going to very briefly, uh, as with everybody, we're going to very briefly meet uh, the 12th Doctor. And um, after that, we'll do a, uh, a recap of Smith. We haven't done a recap episode in a while. We, we kind of stopped doing those. So instead of doing season recap, we're going to recap Matt Smith 
and his whole time. And then we'll get into uh, the 12th doctor sometime uh, in about uh, mid-August. So we've got uh, a fun summer planned. So hope that uh, you guys are, are hanging in there with us, sticking with us. Um, I think that's all, right, guys? Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I said it gets a little bit crazy. It does get a little bit crazy. So hang in there with us. Uh, it's all good stuff, though. It's a lot of a lot of fun episodes that we're uh, heading into. So guys, Noobs in the Whovian, as always, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I am Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wakia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the classic Who connection. And shout outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian or twitter.com slash noobshoovian, or you can email us directly at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsinthehoovian. You can find all these links and more, including the full show notes at noobsinthehoovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, like us, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. You know, we never mentioned that that ticket was made out of actual gold. It was an actual golden ticket. I think he actually, I think he said the words, actual golden ticket. Didn't you say that? I would have sold that gold (laughs) and bought extra tickets. The doctor doesn't understand money. (laughs) Remember? Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that doesn't need to be taken over by a cyber planner to argue with itself. Though we (laughs) might need the cyber planner to figure out our schedule. Meh. (laughs) <laughs> we're smart you've got big brains yeah. it's the noobs sure. and the hoobian my name is austin i'm the hoobian and stuff's falling apart what the what heck happened the world? <laughs> what was that